Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? We here. We here. We live? We here. Well, do I have a rant for you people? Uh, and it's been something that's been bugging me the last, um, uh, would you say the last maybe couple of years, maybe two, three years, so thereabouts, where um, we see it all the time, Sean. Oh, wait, wait, wait. First of all, no, before I get into my little rant here, I, I, I swear I, I'll try not to take too long on any of this. But uh, Vince posted something about using players' names to, for everyday life. And, you know, a lot of it in the comments over here at Baseball Life were about, you know, doing your morning ritual, going to the bathroom, dropping a Roddy Tellez or, uh, <laughs> or or how I describe it, the big hurt Frank Thomas down the toilet bowl and getting a cup of cup of joe orsalak and going to my jose Mesa oh no you, you you messed it up you could have had a cup of connor joe oh that would have been better a cup that, of connor that, joe that, that's a good one right there oh well, you, you know, also appeared on my list of these names to that we're about to go over today well you know how it goes with connor joe the first thing i think about connor joe is i wonder where did he come from where did he go where did he come from, from connor connor joe. Joe. <laughs> and there were some really bad ones in here but there were some good ones but i gotta finish it up oh well I saw one with Ozzy Gian. I started drinking pre-gaming for this baseball game in Chicago. Call me Ozzy Gian. Well, that's a stupid one, Mario. Mario's been the Mario guy. He's been the guy, not Mario Margola, but Mario. I'm not going to say his last name. The Tigers fan who has had this vendetta against Mike Trout. Come on, dude. Stop it already. <laughs> but I'm going to start the show off with this little bitty, right? You might recognize it. If we're going to be using baseball players to describe everyday life, let's just use baseball players to make songs better. You know, oh, make songs better. Got even it. better. Well, and this I don't I don't like poison, but this one's called uh, "Every Pete Rose Has a Storm." Every oh, Pete Rose has its storm, just like every Ray Knight has its Don oh, Paul. You remember God. Don Paul, ex White Sox player? Oh God! The they used to call him the Pope Don Paul, just like every Joe West sings his sad Ryan Vogel song. <laughs> every Pete Rose has its storm. Yes, it does. Oh. Bam. I I, I hit my metaphorical buzzer now. My America's Got Talent Red X. You have no, you have been eliminated. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. X gonna give it to you, man. Oh God. So yeah, that was my rendition of uh, of a poison song to poison up this show. But anyway, let's get started here. I I did like the Vogel song. That was good. And do you like my Joe West reference? Because originally the song goes every country song. Every well, I was about to say Joe West does actually sing. That's the bit. Yeah, there you go. Joe West is actually a country singer. Something it goes like something like every country song has a sad. Every country cowboy has a sad sad song. No, no, every cowboy has a sad song. Cowboy Joe West. Uh, you see, I, I will say this. I miss Joe West. I know he was not the best umpire, but he was like the lovable guy that when he got it wrong, you're like, ah, oh, it's just Joe. Of course he got it wrong. And it's like he wasn't afraid to laugh at himself. We're going to say the same thing about Lance. What's this guy's name? Is it Lance Diaz? Or oh, Lance the other Diaz. Guy? Oh, God. Lance Diaz or the other guy that everybody hates. Who's the one umpire that everybody hates? Angel Hernandez. Angel. You think I don't think gonna... Angel. Angel has no redeeming qualities. <laughs> and zero redeeming qualities. Nobody will be at his funeral. Um, yeah. Angel just has no friends. Well, speaking of having no friends here, here's here's my grief for, for today. And this episode was uh, influenced by uh, Austin, uh, who's doing his round trippers podcast 
And he talked about a slew of topics um, earlier this week, but he mentioned something about prospects and I forgot what the hell he was talking about. It was a pretty darn good conversation about it. But it was but about prospects. In, it's something about prospects and I can't remember what, but it inspired this program, this episode. And, and it's time to show the people how the, how the sausages are made, how the hot dogs are produced, right? What it takes to slaughter these, um, well, I was going to say animals and prospects, but that just sounds too visceral even for me. <laughs> but basically, it, it kind of triggered memories of our, well, I just mentioned it before the show started, our 2020 Fantrax draft, right? Where I thought I, go, I was going to get cute and I was going to draft back to back to back to back to back uh, major league baseball, minor league baseball prospects. At that time, Sean, as you know, I had the uh, ad waiver wire limit, ad drop limits to what, five or yeah, seven I a week? I can't really remember what it was, but there was one. Yeah, I think it was seven per week or yeah, per per week. And I thought, well, I'm not going to waste an ad drop on these minor leaguers. I might as well just strap them for free, right? It doesn't cost me anything. And I don't like any of these other veteran players. And I still think that going this strategy really cost me a a championship or two because I could (laughs) have maybe. I don't know. We'll never know. Uh, You could have picked uh, Robbie Ray with your last round pick like I did. Yeah, I think that would have been better. But here, here are the five, the Felipe's failed five prospects, right? And, and mind I wouldn't you, even say they're all failed. I mean, failures. There's, there's definitely two, Bums. and then there's two to be determined. And then I give you a pass on the fifth one. No, no, they're all they're all bums. They all fails. They okay. all suck, uh, except for one. And even that one might be really pissing me off at this point, but. <laughs> But you know, these are all these were guys were all highly regarded, highly drafted, highly respected minor league prospects, next best things, can't miss. You gotta be getting these guys in your fantasy leagues. If you're these are guys you wanna have in your minor league system for your real baseball teams. So here we go. Royce Lewis, former number one pick overall, uh 2016 or 2017. Yep. And we talked about Royce Lewis at nauseum. And we yeah, both, he, he's uh, the one I give you a pass on because it's just really been all injury. But I was gonna say the signs were there that even when he was healthy, he wasn't yeah. putting up much number. Even you were doubting him yep. until you saw him in person. In person. And then it was one of those, oh, that's why he's that's right why. where he is. So he looks apart like Norman Mazzara, but doesn't get any of the results. And then the injuries upon injuries upon injuries. And now he's on the verge of being. And you have to think for a guy whose carrying tool was just like the uber athleticism. Um, I think there's a hip injury in there. There's the torn ACL. What once or twice now? I think Um, it's twice now. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's uh, it's a really hard thing to overcome for somebody whose calling card was just that great speed, great quick twitch athleticism. Um, and then, of course, at this point, hasn't played uh, in what feels like forever. So, um, yeah, it's kind of sad because that was uh, the Twins' uh, number one prospect, number one can't miss, go to. He's going to be the guy that is going to take the next generation of Twins middle infielders. So um, I forgot that he actually future. did make his major league debut last year. Yeah, and got hurt again. Yep. Uh, Jared Kalenic is the second guy I picked up. Uh, can't miss center fielder, five tools player. I even. Describe him as the next Kristen Yelich as part of my lineage of Kristen Yelich. They were also all failures like Jack Peterson's of the world. Josh Lowe was in that mix. Um, by the way, Josh Lowe did make the opening day roster for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, he so did. Miracle in itself. I had him stashed at a couple of spots because he had a pretty good like tail end of spring training. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, he's got to make her, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So good for you. Uh, he's only right field eligible in our league. I checked, so I don't know if I could use him or not, but we'll Out- see. We'll see. This I have zero room for outfielders, and my entire bench is nothing but outfielders. So <laughs> small problem in terms of roster construction that needs to be uh, fixed over there in the fan tracks league. But Jared Kalenic was a guy, uh, once he got, well, he got off to, just like you mentioned Josh Lowe at the tail end, uh, Jared Kalenic in, was it 2020 or 2021? I forgot which year, but he got off to a really great start. Uh, in, not, a, not a start, but uh, had a really great spring, I should say. And we thought, oh, he has to be called up. And the Mariners got cute. And it's like, nah, we're going to see if we can manipulate this service time thing. And they brought him to the minors. They brought him back up. And he could not locate a pitch. He didn't recognize any things that were thrown at him. The strikeout rates went through the roof. What's that? Go ahead. I said he couldn't pick up spin. It was was really bad. Anything breaking was just easy, easy peasy. So now the Mariners are going to give him another chance. So we'll see if he has a a chance of redemption. But, yeah, this is one that would have cost a lot of guys, a lot of people. Yeah, famously Uh, traded uh, by you to me for uh, Lou Bob. For Luis yeah. Robert. And we're actually going to mention uh, one of those players that were involved. So Ooh, we'll, we'll we'll go into details on that one a little later. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. was the one guy who may have saved this yeah, strategy. Yeah, I was right. he's, uh, he's not a failed five. I, I saw this guy going in the like late first round of every single fantasy draft. So he could a be a, a bus candidate, though. I mean, um, the oh, on for base, sure, for sure. The on base was pretty... Uh, yeah, yeah, I got the yeah. stolen bases. I, I was always the, the hesitant guy on him, uh, just because that, that, pro, that profile isn't normally my favorite. But you can't really argue with what you know: twenty home runs, thirty stolen bases in your rookie year. Uh, he played. He stayed healthy. He didn't. Like, he didn't do great, but he didn't like bottom out like we see a lot of rookies, like Jared Kalenic did in his rookie year. Yeah, no, I'll give him that. And it, it, it's his rookie year, so I'm going to give him a chance. Uh, the Royals are very excited to have him. Uh, they, when he was really in, in, in it was like just absolutely slumping in the majors, the Royals were like, no, you're going to have to figure this out, kid. You're going to have to figure this out in the majors because you're da- you're too damn good to be in the minors at this point. So come on, yeah. let's go. Uh, the red flags were the very low walk rates compared to everybody mm-hmm. else. And that led to a very low on-base percentage of 294 last year and a Woba of 311 and members of 311. You know, amber is a color that has energy. <laughs> but uh, no, there's a lot of red flags here. Uh, but there's a lot to like as well. So I'm not going to give up too much. But I, I it, it's not a slam dunk. It's not like Ryan Braun in 2007 is what I'm... I, everybody <laughs> should be Ryan Braun of 2007. Troy Tulowitzki of 2007. I think even Ryan Zimmerman of 2007. They should all... No, Troy Tulowitzki had been up before 2007. No. Oh, my memory's hazy at this point. I know I had them in my league. They were all the same team. All the three guys I mentioned on the same team. Wow. And I still didn't do diddly squat with those guys. So don't. <laughs> prospects are meant to break your heart. Yes. Uh, Forrest Whitley from the Houston Astros. Can't miss pitching prospect. Has Well, he's part of a long line of uh, failed Astros starting pitchers at this point, right? <laughs> no, that's a very short list for them. I should say the like, first round picks. Because what the guys like uh, Christian Javier, I don't think he was drafted, was he? Uh, I think Javier was an international free agent. Yeah, so same thing with what guys like Jose Urquidy and uh, who, Framber Valdez. I doubt that those guys were drafted. Yes, but Houston isn't one that exactly fails pitchers. So I'm just saying, first round pick. Remember Mark Appel? Oh my god! I rest my case. <laughs> Fail. 
fail. Mm. Why don't you do this? Look up first round picks by the Houston Astros starting pitchers only until you tell me what you, what you okay. see there. Okay. Yeah. You and the last, okay. And the last guy on the list, can't miss. Remember, this is a guy that people were livid when 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 he was traded uh, last offseason. Christian Pache. Uh, and I'll even add his teammate, Drew Waters. Can't miss outfield prospects. The Braves have their outfield of the future. And what, what did the Braves do? They were like, no, nah, that's okay. We're going to trust guys like Eddie Rosario, Jorge uh, Soler, Adam Duvall to get us a championship. And uh, we're more than fine to get rid of Christian Pache to the A's and Drew Waters to the Royals to bolster our major league roster because that's what prospects are. They're just trade pieces. They're trade bait. That's all they are. They are useless. They can't be trusted. It's okay to trade your farm system for the now player, for the established veteran. Ask the Padres. They do, they do it all the time, and they got one Soto out of it. So, so yeah, uh, and I'm kind of being facetious. I'm being kind of sarcastic. But, it, I mean, four out of five of these guys did fail. Uh, and even Bobby Wood yeah. Jr., you could say that he's on a teetering brink. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll I'll give him a pass because it was rookie year and he still had a pretty uh, productive year last year. But everything else about him, red flag, red flag. I, red I flag. mean, the thing with Christian Pache was if you were looking at him in the minor leagues, like you, you could tell he could play defense. Like that was, okay, he has the floor of the backup fourth, fifth outfielder type. Um, but then if you compared his minor league numbers to even somebody like Victor Robles, which always seemed like his like hundredth percentile outcome, because Victor Robles at least hit a pretty good bit in the minor leagues. Christian Pache never was like great hitting. Like he was barely even good. Uh, so not much of a surprise. I was always shocked to see him so high up. I mean, I, yeah, I think like he, he, he got his even 30. higher. Yeah. Uh, Keith Law, the venerable Keith Law. Um, oh, let me get on my sh- uh, shoebox here. Um, Keith Law had him as like the number three prospect in all of baseball. Uh, so that sounds about right, yeah. And I was just like, what in the world are we doing here? But um, yeah, and we, we see where he gets even DFA'd by Oakland. Yeah. But I, I yeah. have that list of starting pitchers for in the first, first round picks only. First round yes. picks only. Let's go. So starting in 2008. You have Jordan Lyles. He, he's he's Bell. he's in the league. Oh, he's oh yeah, the, the Cy Young candidate from the Baltimore Orioles because everybody kept telling uh, me how good the Orioles were. Now the pitching 20, staff, right? Twenty ten. Mike Fultonavich. Fail. No, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'll, I feel bad. I, I and, like and they, that was a good trade for them. They they got back pieces for when they traded him. That's all they're good for, man. Just trade bait. Go ahead. Twenty thirteen. Mark Appel. Fail. Twenty fourteen. Brady Aiken. We know what Fail. happened there. They didn't sign. Fail. Um, and then Force Whitley in 16. Fail. And then in 2017, JB Bukowskis, who has Fail. now bounced around to about three different teams. Not to be um, confused with JT Brubaker. Yeah, not JT Brubaker, who appears in some of our list later. But uh, yeah, JB Bukowskis. And then, but you look at all the hitters Springer, correct. You're giving too much away. You're giving too much away now. <laughs> We only talk about starting pitchers. Regman and Tucker in the same draft. Oh, my God. Well, we all know that it's easier to gauge uh, in the amateur draft to figure out which hitters are going to be able to um, transfer those skills to the majors. I mean, that's – I mean, it's the whole John Gray versus Chris Bryant argument from 2012 or 2013 where uh, there was a faction of Cub fans that said, well, we already have our hitters of the future. Let's go after some of these pitchers of the future. And I know John Gray, I think he went ahead, but people in in Cubs them did want the Cubs to get a chance at John Gray. 
but we settled on Chris Bryant and there were some Cub fans that were mad that I cannot believe we got another hitter. Where are we going to get our pitching from? <laughs> and the rest is history. Well, remember yeah. they were the, um, there was all the trade rumors of uh, Addison Russell or Javier Baez for Noah Syndergaard. And, oh yeah. I remember oh, those. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was the idea. Well, you got to trade one of these middle infielders and Javi Baez was just swirling in minor in, in trade rumors left and right. Yep. And to Theo Epstein's credit, he refused to trade him away. He never gave up on him. Yeah, even though the flaws were there, that as we're going to see, even with Christian Pesce, we saw the flaws. Uh, Epstein refused to trade him. He said, no, 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 we need him. We need him. He, I can see him in our championship. Exit velos. Exit velos. For and... all the people who are wondering why Javier Baez never got moved to the minors. <laughs> or even like, because if you kind of read around and listen around that, that was the time, like 2013, 2014, 2015, that teams were really, and even a few years before that, like maybe 2012 to 2015, was like t- almost all teams had access to the, the exit velo data at that point. And uh, I, I was shocked to read that that was why the Mets kept around Eric Campbell for He's so long. Analytics ruining the game, huh? And, yeah, and he was really good in AAA. You know, obviously it was Vegas, but he was the reason that the Mets felt like they could non-tender Justin Turner. and But the big thing that they liked about Eric Campbell was the exit velos. Uh, what they weren't really analyzing at that point was launch angle. And uh, Eric Campbell was one of those like Yandy Diaz types where it was like almost <laughs> negative. So, yeah, that's why Eric Campbell didn't work out, boys and girls. Yeah, and well, the other thing, if you want to go the anecdotal uh, theory on this, is that the Epstein had hired Manny Ramirez as a player coach. And his number one job as a player coach was to coach up Javier Baez, not necessarily to change his approach or anything like that, because that's not what Epstein and company were doing at that time. Uh, but just to, you know, show him the ropes, show him what it's like to be a major league player, you know, things of that nature, all the intangibles that people and that are enamored with. That's which, which steroids are the best to take, which steroids are the best to take, probably which injections, which uh, gauge of syringes hurt the least. <laughs> I forget if it's the lower the lower the gauge the uh, lighter the. Pain I would I would assume it's like. Was it the higher shotgun the gauge? shells? Higher gauge would be smaller, lower no. gauge. I, I don't know. It's been a while since I worked personally with these uh, products, so I don't remember exactly. I just remember the thirty gauges being the most common, and then I was told if you go higher or too low, then it hurts even more because it's a thicker needle. And yeah. anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was it, and. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Christian Pache kind of falls on the victim to that the, the you know the Kenny Williams uh, school of thought like wow this guy's a freak athlete I need to draft him with my first round pick so you were talking about the oh there was a kid, Jared Mitchells of the world right and for every Tim Anderson there was about six Jared Mitchells from the Kenny Williams and the complete opposite happened under Rick Hahn for the White Sox was for every um, shoot who what would be a good example because all his all the first round picks from Rick Hahn have been total busts and failures. With Nick Magical being the extreme of, hey, uh, hey, well, hold hey. on, I'm getting somewhere with this. Being the opposite extreme of Kenny Williams, where Kenny Williams was enamored with all these athletic guys who should be playing basketball, and then on the other side of the spectrum, Nick Magical, who's a highly skilled player, but not none of the athletic, well, except for the speed factor, but really doesn't, you know, little guy with that looks seemingly looks like he has very little athleticism and is going to have to depend on his grit mm-hmm. and his uh, highly skilled batted ball um, capabilities to survive. And again, injuries, right? We talked about the injuries being a factor as well. But yeah, Christian Pache, freak athlete, can't hit a ball. And now what? I thought he got traded to the Phillies. 
Yes. Yeah. So he was DFA'd and moved to the Phillies. I think it was just for cash. Uh, but he's out of options, hence why, you know, Jesus. The, the A's wow. couldn't but hence why the A's DFA'd him. If he had options, he would have gone back to triple A. Yeah. Um, well, well, that's it. I mean, options, I mean, so he's got to stay and, on the Phillies roster. And it doesn't matter which rankings you're using, uh, uh, whether it be fantasy rankings, whether it be MLB pipeline, whether it be fan grabs, all of those public baseball America, all baseball prospectus, all those publications had those five players I just mentioned very highly ranked. Yep. Top, top 30 at the worst, top five at the or top three, even in the case of Royce Lewis, I know for sure Royce Lewis was a top three prospect at one point of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, um, highly ranked prospects and then you can say well felipe that's a problem depending on these nerds who don't watch baseball who create these <laughs> lists they don't know what the hell they're talking about all right well royce lewis was the number one pick overall that's a real baseball team using real major league baseball scouts to make that evaluation and make that call to yes we want royce lewis yes we want bobby witt jr yes we want forrest whitley as our first round pick christian pache was he a first round pick too uh Pache. Wait, I have it. I have it. Uh does it tell me here? Ye- the um, hell? Doesn't tell me here on, on the fangrass page. I would assume, huh. yeah, not on the fangrass page. That's weird. Maybe international free agent. Really? Maybe that's why he doesn't show up. Well, either way. So even the major league uh baseball teams have not been able to figure this out now i'm not saying that they should replace and do a total reform of things it's not an exact science we know this in every draft we know this is not an exact science we have all the technology we have all the uh what hundreds and hundreds of years of scouting in 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 the in the history of major league baseball and they still can't figure this out right it's not like the nhl where every first round pick seems to always be a hit yeah he was he was international free agent born in the dominican republic debuted at seven debuted at 17 in rookie ball that explains it all right well Hey, he hit 309 in rookie ball. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so we have all this, uh, and we, we know what baseball players should look like and this and that and the other, and, and it's still a field thing. So what what is the point of all this? Well, Sean, as you know, we had a kind of a revelation on this show where we kind of spotlight one minor leaguer per level every once in a while on these shows, on these airwaves, and we try to give those minor league players some shine, right? We try and I feel like over the last two, since we started back in 2020, the relaunch of this podcast in 2020, we have kind of evolved in our methodology to gauge what minor leaguers, at the very least, not sure if they'll pan out on the real team, but in terms of fantasy baseball, I feel like we have done a lot of changes into our methodology to make sure we select the right minor league players of the future to help selfishly to help our fantasy baseball teams would you agree with that much yes in that respect yes okay. yes so i figured well let's take it back let's take it all the way back you know what i said that 2015 was going to be a bonus but screw it let's start with 2015 and see what did that give us if we were to use our methodology today i know sean's is a lot different than mine i could tell you that much <laughs> and I'm, I'm hoping by the end of the show i can show you what i have what i went I, through last I, year to I, find i don't think we're that far off but well uh, slight, i'm slight. seeing we some have, of these names man i don't know i don't know we, we have some names. slight we have some slight differences but we uh we kind of uh, went back and forth so sean will start out with a 2015 oh. rookie ball season uh and he has a picture for me and i see that you had listed freddie peralta so what was it about freddie peralta in 2015 that you well back then? you're throwing me a curveball here because i was all set up for 2016 a ball because 2015 rookie league was set as our bonus round but he uh flipped the order on me but it's okay uh we go back to 2015 um 
And the kind of the first thing that I did looking at a lot of these names was try and pick out uh, strikeouts and walks. Um, Cause you do have a lot of guys here that were getting like, you know, a good amount of swings and misses. Uh, but you also had the sum that if you're having a 10% walk rate in rookie league, I'm very much concerned. So I was really looking at the strikeouts walk ratios and Freddie Peralta, if you look at the top five, he was fifth. Uh, he was also only 19 years old, second youngest in the top five. Um, and then some other names that, that came up uh, that will be on later lists. But Freddie Peralta, I thought the main reason I picked him, and Anderson Espinosa, who was a huge pitching prospect at that time, uh, later moved in the uh, Yoan Moncada deal. Uh, that was, was it Yoan Moncada? Anderson Espinosa? Uh, I don't remember. Wait, no. Because he was the he, he was boss a uh, sale. Uh, no. No, well, Chris Sale was the one. What are you talking yeah. about Yomankata going to the Red Sox or Yomankata yeah, oh. going to the White Sox? Because I, I could swear Anderson Espinosa was part of that deal as well. But maybe I was wrong, but he was probably the highest rated prospect on this list. Uh, but Freddie Peralta obviously ended up becoming the best of the bunch. But the fun part about him here, this is 19-year-old Seattle Mariner prospect Freddie Peralta uh, for all the people that forgot that he was one of the many pieces moved by uh, Wheel and Deal and DePoto who I think was in his first year's GM in 2015. Wow. I think. I don't think he took over till then. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, he he had the um, it was a 25.3 strikeout percentage minus walk percentage. Only Walked 3% of batters, struck out nearly 30%. Uh, didn't have an insanely and high BABIP. Uh, he had a four ERA, which might have been just some noise because uh, he had one of the best FIPS and XFIPS out there. So it's why you can't just look at ERA or batting average or just straight up OPS in the minors, people. You got to look at the results behind it and the process that got you there. It's not always the end result in the minor leagues. I, I can't tell people that enough it's not the end result that matters especially in the lower minors yeah and i found it very difficult uh to look for um i I guess like a good name because it was a a sea of just a bunch of the way i saw it was just a sea of wild cards out there Mm -hmm. just a bunch of names that never actually panned out and and this is why i don't deal with rookie league or dominican summer league prospects I, i know there's a lot of people out there that do a lot of hard work to get that competitive edge in terms of yeah, scouting yeah. players like this. But I mean, rookie ball, like at, at least if it's stateside rookie ball, like, okay. And it depends on the age when they come over, but like the Dominican summer league stuff, that that's where it really starts getting like, Oh God, like it's literally a lottery. Yeah. And I'm trying to kind of replicate what I did to find my guy. And I am having a hard time. Cause it, that's the problem with me is that it, it never, um, I never do the same thing uh, twice. It, it, it varies from uh, search upon search because what I do is I go on fan graphs, their minor league leaderboards. You know what? Let's do this. Let's just go ahead and uh, uh, let's go ahead and do this right now and show off how the sausage is made. So can you see that I'm on the fan graphs minor league leaderboards, right? Yes. So I got it down by batters, 
I went down to 200 uh, plate appearances 2015. Make sure I'm at the rookie level for all affiliated minor league players. And I was working on age has to be below 21 years old. Strikeout rate has to be below 25%. And I'm trying to figure out what did I do to get to Taylor Ward? Because Taylor Ward's my guy here. And I can't remember what I did. But I, <laughs> so, but like I said, it just varies, right? It's like you see these high uh, walk percentages, right? 13, yeah. 12. So I guess I'll just stick with like nine just to be on the safe side. So greater than, I want to look at guys who had a walk rate higher than nine, right? So it narrows it down. What about the Woba? Because I, you know how I love Woba. And we see some names, some familiar names. Some like names. Isaac, <laughs> some names with arms and legs. That's uh that's been my favorite thing to do is imitate Dave Wanstead here. Isen Diaz is a familiar name. Uh Esteban Florial. I know we know that name a lot. Lamonte Wade Jr. Another another recently DFA top former top prospect outfielder that was always <laughs> hype and nothing more. But then we see Sam Hilliard, Trent Grisham, Vidal Brujan. So, but as you can see, Sean, it's it's a they go up as high as 402, so I don't want to... But you know what? Let's just oatmeal, right? Let's just... Hey, there's a lot of noise in the minor leagues. I know, I know. There's that's why, But that's our job, right? Is to separate the noise from the real, right? So let's just... A nice safe number. Well, Volvo is 350, right? And what about the WRC Plus? Uh, yeah, let's uh, narrow this list down to one WRC Plus of 140 or higher. So WRC Plus, 140 or higher. So yeah, real real secretive stuff that is being unleashed here you guys uh what about on base percentage right and i think the other problem here sean is that i narrowed i, I dropped it down to 200 plate appearances yeah so now i'm getting a, a much a variety of names here now so so i i'm noticing one difference between me and you analyzing hitters here yeah i uh, uh, the, the one way that i eliminated as much noise as possible was i did a babbit filter um, oh yeah, I don't, I don't, it, I don't use that. Big and, and that was just because I noticed that when we kind of advanced a little further on here, um, yeah. the guys that did become really good major league hitters are consistent major league players at least. Uh, they always seem to have like the more believable, like even a high BABIP was like three fifty, but that was low considering a lot of these guys had you know four fifty. Um, 400 plus uh babips so I, I did kind of try and mute out some of the noise and i even did a, a max babip of like 375 380 to try and get rid of some of these names well let's do that then let's do uh, by, by the way taylor ward's not on this list so yeah i have no idea how i got taylor ward. i know he was in there somehow but you messed uh, up kid i'm well yeah like i said no two searches are always the same but if i were to eliminate the 73 or higher Babips, then that we would say goodbye to Trent Grisham, say goodbye to Esteban Florial, uh, goodbye to uh, Anderson Tejada, and goodbye to Aizen Diaz. So let's just do that then. I don't use Babbitt because I've throughout the years I've noticed that a really good hitter is able to create his own luck, create I, his I, own Babbitt. I, I do agree with that, but at the minor league level where yeah. the uh, competency of defense is so wishy-washy mm -hmm. it's definitely something uh to take into account um and it's like even like trent grisham had the the 383 babbit this year that I'm, I'm tracking with you here uh that is that's a high babbit no doubt but it's comparatively like 70th 80th percentile um with some of these top hitters 
So then I have it sorted by option. I think, well, let me see. Let's go to bat a ball. Do I want to do swinging strike percentage? Uh, yes, I do. Wow, that's, wow, that is some high swinging strike percentages. Where's, uh, welcome what's to rookie ball. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, do the cutoff at 20%, right? Like, again, I don't remember doing any of this when I first started. But like I said, no two searches or no two filtered are always alike. So now we, uh, let's just do it by Woba. And now we go one through six, right? So who the hell is Carlos Munoz? I have no idea who that is. There's the guy, Norberto Obeso, who did show up as one of my two finalists when I was doing the filtering. And that's all I do, guys. I just never, never heard, never heard of them. I've never heard of him either. And, and he does not even have a, uh, as you'll see, he doesn't even have the fan graphs uh, draft, oh, uh, the prospect grades. But yeah, 27 years old. He's already out of baseball 2019, yeah. unless he's like in Mexico. Yeah, or... probably. I would guess some league like that. But yeah, he just couldn't get on base consistently enough. And he just couldn't yeah, he, hit for he had the power. good He had the good walk rates. He just seemed like he wasn't a very good hitter. Couldn't <laughs> hit for much power. Uh, yeah. didn't, couldn't steal bases. He was uh, six foot, 175. Obeso in Spanish means obese. So maybe <laughs> so maybe he, got, he kept getting heavier. Uh, but yeah, he's... Uh, gone. I don't know who Carlos Munoz is, but he, as you can see, no prospect rates, and that's always my my tiebreaker. Because at the end of the day, I still got to figure out. You know, I got I got If I have too many names, then that's my tiebreaker. Is uh, well, do they have prospect rates? No. Okay. Well, then I got to move on then. Because obviously, if it's not important enough for Fangraphs to put a grade on them, then it's not that important. There's Lamonte Wade Jr. Hey, Cornelius, major Cornelius, league player Randolph, Chris Peters, and now Ronald Acuna. So. Obviously, in hindsight, everything looks good. Oh, yeah, I, Ronald Acuna is the obvious choice. Like, no, he's not. He only hit 818. and uh, He only hit an ops of 818 and had the lowest Woba on this list. So, again, we got to do our due diligence. Since we know what Lamonte Wade Jr. would end up being, let's see if Cornelius, Cornelius Randolph would have been a thing. Yeah, uh, he, he was I, – I, I remember he was lefty. Uh, I remember him from OOTP, like, walked a, a good bit. Um, but it was one of those, like, he just always struck out too much. It was always – uh, I, I see you have it pulled up now, but like even in yeah. the minor leagues, like 25, 26% and a ball double a like that normally doesn't bode well or um, progress well as you go up to the, the minors and into the major leagues. I don't think he ever made it um, to the majors. Can you double check me? I think he uh, was. No, added... uh, he didn't. No, he didn't. Uh, okay. So I, I do vaguely possibly remember him maybe being added to the 40 man at one time. Right. But uh, that was about it. So, but these grades are pretty impressive, right? I mean, not, I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for the power speed combination. Yeah. Well, 55 and it, and, raw and power, 50 like speed, fourth outfielder type, fourth outfielder, platoon yeah. lefty. I mean, that that was kind of the the hope for Cornelius Randolph. And good enough to be a first round pick, top ten pick for the Philadelphia Phillies. Although <laughs> we're gonna see that Phillies and top ten outfielders are never a good thing. You know, Mickey Moniacs <laughs> of the world and all. <laughs> Uh, who's Chris Peters? Doesn't have a fangrass page. I don't know him. He all Cubs. So speaking of, of Mickey Moniac, and we've already mentioned Estevan Florial, gotta give another shout out to friend of the show, Andrew O'Sullivan, who after the Florial DFA went back and dug up his favorite trade from the 30 team league that we're in together with many other baseball life members, where he traded Estevan Florial and Mickey Moniac, and in return got Corbin Burns and random <laughs> some random person because it was after corbin burns had that like five era uh where he was in and out of the bullpen i think it was 2019 and uh, the guy gave up on burns and got back florial and moniac so Oof. one of the most lopsided trades in league history there 
Excellent. All right. Well, here's a red flag for our guy, Chris Peters. 117 ISO power in his rookie league debut. So that would have been a red flag uh, that he can't hit for much power. Steals a lot of bases, though. 25 stolen bases. So if you're if you're a fantasy leaguer and you're looking for stolen bases, sneaky steal basins potential, that would have been a guy to look after. But this would have been my red flag. 117 ISO. So we can eliminate him. So now we're stuck with Lamonte Wade Jr., who also, he does have a Fangraphs prospect rates, but it's from, it looks like it's from 2020 report. But a quick snapshot, the speed's there, uh, but the power is not. So he looks to be a low. Yeah. And the other red flag, round nine pick, right? Yeah, so, he also, when ahead. he was coming up, he was more of like the speed guy. I want to say he had some pretty good stolen base years in the minor 12. leagues. No, no, So maybe it wasn't him. Well, well, hold on. Six stolen bases in 2016. I got to remember to combine these. Nine in 2017, 10 in 2018. I guess for a first baseman, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So maybe that's, maybe what, that's it what it was. So, but uh, there's no base running metric. But anyway, uh, rookie league again, a, a, a buck 95 ISO for the Twins. I guess that's okay. He did get called up to the A ball league as well for a, a cup of coffee there. Um, but yeah. Uh, just oh, the tall stolen bases in rookie league. I mean, that for a first baseman, yeah, outfielder, and, and, and in sixty-four games, granted, I think at that point he was exclusively outfield. He hadn't gone oh, to okay. first base yet. Well, that, still, that, that came much much later. <laughs> that would have been something to look at. I mean, the, the the fifty speed does pan out. It's just everything else is kind of a reflex. So I think I would have picked Cornelius Randolph over him. But now we look. Excuse me. Let's look at. Excuse me, Ronald Acuna Jr. And well. Now, that is an impressive uh, list of prospect <laughs> grades, right? Excuse me there as I'm uh, allergies are acting up. But here's his 2015 rookie numbers. I, I don't know why it shows up twice. Do you have any idea why it shows up twice in um, 2015? That might be uh, – that's like two separate leagues. I think that was how they differentiated, um, like, the Florida oh, State League. Right. Uh, I, I could look it up right here. No, um, I think you're right, though. I think the rookie league had two – leagues one in the early summer and the other one in late summer what was yeah. it one the so York, in 2015 like the two rookie leagues he was in he was in the gulf coast league and then in the apple uh Appy league so mm. appalachia state league um either way i mean 16 stolen bases that's a plus uh respectable iso it, it ain't low levels according to the randolph levels um and everything else looks good in his rookie year so Knowing what I know about myself today and what I see from these numbers and pretending that these prospect rates were, would have been a lot different in 2015 as opposed to 2018. I, I see now that my guy would have been Ronald Acuna, but somehow I ended up with Taylor Ward and I have no idea how, but that's <laughs> the guy I ended up with as a, he did something that kind of caught my eye. So, Well, Taylor but, Ward had a good bit of prospect like hype to him. Like it, it took him a while to get there. I mean, he didn't debut really till or break out till last year when he was 28 years old. Right. Um, so, but here's his numbers. Yeah. The hit tools definitely there. Again, this is 2018. We're looking at 2015 numbers, but just for the sake of argument, we'll just see that the 20, let's just say that the 2018 was somewhat remotely close to the 2015 prospect grade. If anything, it was, these numbers would be lower than what they had been, uh, in 2015 because you can see that 30 out of 30 speed mm. uh, taylor ward does not have 30 out of 30 speed but this was at the roughly probably the same time they thought he was still going to catch um because oh, taylor right. ward, that, that was the big thing with taylor ward was he was one of the top catching prospects coming up and that did not work out 
So he is a former former first round pick, twenty six overall for the LA Angels. So hey, at, we always diss their. Um, we're always uh, are dissing their minor league system, but in this regard, I guess it worked. <laughs> it it took a while. Uh, it took was, a while. There was a lot of uh, hemming and hawing. But as you can see, only two home runs, five stolen bases. If you're telling me he's a catcher, he steals five bases. That's not too bad. But these video game numbers are kind of uh, kind of uh, murky at best, right? 20.6 walk rate, 5.7 strikeout rate. Like, come on, bro, really? But here's the red flag, 110 ISO power. We talked about the red flag with Cornelius Randolph. So that that's well, a, a You also have there. to realize that for a player like him, uh, mm-hmm. who was uh, college, I believe he went you know, to his reference page of saying Cal State. Fresno. Okay. I don't know how many years he was there, but when those college guys actually do get sent, yeah. So he was there for two years. No, oh, okay. So Fresno State. Oh, uh, yeah, he was there, and then he went to rookie league. Uh, yeah. Normally, those college bats will make very, especially if they're advanced top echelon style. Um, they make rookie ball and even low A or what used to be low A. Uh, look very silly. Michael Conforto did the same thing. Kyle Schwarber did the same thing. All, all normally guys that are top college bats, um, they'll go there just to get everything, the rust kicked off and whatnot. But usually they're up to high A uh, pretty quickly. Well, I guess knowing what I know now, and I'm looking at the batted ball data for Taylor Ward. I mean, it's more higher ground ball rates than fly ball rates, not even a line drive rate of uh, of 20%. It's below 20, 16.3%. And uh, it doesn't hit much with authority. It looks like he's doing 41% pull rate, 40% oppo rate. So, yeah, not this is not an impressive and, – and, and shame on me. I still don't know how I ended up getting Taylor Ward as my guy, but now that we know what we know now um, – what was I going to say? I guess I would have gone with Ronald Acuna because I definitely could have seen myself looking at Ronald Acuna and, and digging this deep into it and say, you know what? No, I changed my mind. Ronald Acuna is my guy. I will add a little asterisk to the name, but also, uh, what do you call it? Honorable mention to Taylor Ward as well. Okay, so that's 2015. So let's, uh, let's see if we can get this by faster. 2016 A-ball, Sean has a picture. You have a list of five names, it looks like. Just pick one. And, uh, yeah, well, it, it was it was just the three names. So oh, the the main name H-M. I picked. Oh, honorable yeah, mention. Yeah, yeah, honorable mention. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the first name was a guy who popped up on the rookie ball one the year before. Uh, and who, if we were really looking at these stats, like a good bit, um, wasn't a guy that came up on top prospect list like some other names around this list. Um, Nestor Cortez. Uh, he threw 68 innings in a ball in 2016, um, had a, uh, 30% strikeout rate, which it was a bit deceiving because his K per nine was just 9.88, which is good. But like the 30% strikeout rates, like elite, um, only walk 6.1% of batters. They hit 156 against him, albeit that did come with a 216 Babbitt, but what have we noticed with Nestor Cortez throughout the years is that he is one of those guys that uh, guys do seem to hit just a little bit less against him. And he had a 0.79 ERA. Um, he had a, a 2.4 FIP, so obviously he overperformed a little bit. But you would think that a guy putting up numbers as kind of gaudy as that would make trips up the list. But really, um, he was behind a lot of these names that I see here. Eliezer Hernandez when he was in Houston, was a top 
pitching prospect. Uh, now closer Ryan Helsley, uh, back when he was a starter in the St. Louis system, did really well. Jake Cozart, I believe, had a little bit of run there as like a top 50, top 75 pitching prospect. Mitch Keller, Jordan Yamamoto. And then if you, you come down the list a little bit further, we see the Jose Arquides, Freddie Peralta again, JT Brubaker. And this guy that had a, a four ERA in a ball pitching in the St. Louis system, uh, a walk per nine of 450, which would have definitely had me out on him. He had one of the highest whips in the top 50 of strikeout rate, uh, strikeout percentage, um, Sandy Alcantara. Hmm. And it's so funny how you can see a guy go from the, the four ERA in a ball, which doesn't really matter because that's a result-based thing. But just looking at the numbers, that four and a half walks per nine, 11.3 walk percentage in A-ball, I would have completely been out on Sandy Alcantara, which is, I think, another fun exercise of this is seeing the guys that you would have picked um, that you really liked and then seeing the guys that you wouldn't have picked and you were dead wrong on. So I go with Nestor Cortez and Sandy Alcantara. You got to pick one. So it's Nestor Cortez. Well, 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 like Nestor Cortez is the guy I would have picked, but Sandy Alcantara yeah. is the guy that I completely would have whiffed on back then. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're, just for the sake of uh, the permanence here, it is Nestor Cortez. Uh, yeah, you know, I guess I, I should just stick with Taylor Ward in 2015. But so, <laughs> but yeah, that's what it's all about. It's like these are guys because of your research that you found out about yeah. that you would have missed because he wasn't on a prospect list or he wasn't highly ranked or he wasn't hyped up uh and again this is a process that i use to help me find guys like jake mccarthy and g1 bay last year which i'm pretty proud of and to a lesser extent logan allen who and, and I was able the, to, the very bottom of top 100 in strikeout percentage for a ball in 2016 was sam hentges hentges and he Hentges, had a, i guess yeah he had the six era um high walks but strikeout per nine of close to 11 26 strikeout rate um but yeah, it's funny that if 1.66 whip that, you know, the, their team still saw something in him and now he's one of the best lefty relievers in, in baseball. So it's just a really interesting thing to go back and look at. Uh, let's see here. My guy, I got the hitter here. Uh, there was a five finalists. The two other guys had, I think they had high swinging strike percentages, so I eliminated them. So the final three would have been guys like Miles Straw, Jake Cronenworth. You know, we know those guys. Jake Cronenworth just signed a big deal with the mm -hmm. San Diego Padres. The, which... the, the Jeff McNeil contract. Oh, okay, basically. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, basically, Jake Cronenworth shows up on these lists over the years in the minors because he was so productive and he finally got rewarded for his troubles. But my guy, knowing myself, knowing who I am, even in 2016, it would have been Nick Senzel. Uh, I you know, yeah, it was actually a lot of people those, liked Senza. A lot of a people, lot of people yeah, liked him. A lot of him. people he liked him. Did come with the hype, and in 2016 during A ball, he did come with the uh with the substance as well as he was a very productive hitter. And Nixon Zell was that's what I was talking about. So you and I had a trade where you were trying to use my White Sox fandom against me, and you said I will send you Luis Robert and Austin Martin, Austin Martin, former first round pick, the most ready bat of his draft class. Remember that, Sean? Yes. And he now was the he's guy. Like, now he's like fancy Nick Madrigal. That's exactly he, it. So he's so like for fancy every, piece Nick Madrigal. So there's a Christian Pache on one side of the spectrum, the freak athlete, the guy who can do no wrong, the attributes, the physical attributes and all that. And then you get Austin Martin, who's the polished hitter, 
uh can't miss uh but swings a toothpick <laughs> but yeah it's it's you know he carries a little stick uh the nick he's uh like you mentioned nick magical light although he might be a little bit bigger than nick magical yeah oh he, he's definitely everyone's bigger than nick magical <laughs> and again first round pick right so he comes with the hype but none of the production i mean there's a reason why the blue jays gave up on him and on simeon was richardson for jose barrios which in retrospect doesn't look too bad of a deal for the blue jays after all because those two guys haven't done anything for the twins no. The Twins aren't even thinking of bringing those guys up. We well, saw so, Joe Simeon, Ryan. Sim, Sim, Joe Ryan's good. We well, hold on now, but he oh. was he was like not as hyped as Simeon Woods Richardson. Simeon Woods Richardson has been hyped up since almost the very beginning. No, I mean Joe. There. No, Joe Ryan became a, a really talked about prospect when Simeon Woods Richardson was originally traded to the Blue Jays. Nobody was talking about Simeon Woods Richardson, and then as he kind of went up in the Toronto system. He got more and more talked about because he was the kind of the lottery ticket included in the Marcus Stroman deal. Anthony K was the real catch. Simeon Woods Richardson was the the kind of the lottery ticket that you hoped would. Um, uh, that's not becomes, how I remember it, Sean. No, no, no. I remember it. Yeah, I don't know. SWJ was the lottery ticket. Anthony K was the top one hundred piece. Now, when you this warrior. Oh, well, what did I say? SWJ? Did I really? I meant SWR. Oh, it must be my. Uh, uh, must be my my uh, what do you call it the the the, the but no dis- um, he, he, Woods Richardson did make a couple of starts last year. Uh, we already know how crowded that Minnesota rotation is. It's a really good one. It's hard to crack. I mean, even uh, a guy that both of us like Bailey Ober was on the outside looking in, got sent down to AAA. Uh, so I, I still believe in Simeon Woods Richardson. So uh, I, I still yeah. think it was a win deal for the Twins. He he has to show it. He has to show it. And there's a reason why they got rid of him in a hurry. The Blue Jays did like for, you know, screw this guy, you know. But yeah, Simeon Woods Richardson for me always showed up on on lists, and yeah, he always so showed he, up as guys he, that we got to keep an finally, eye on. Yeah, there was like the year after the trade, uh, he finally debuted on top 100 list like mid season, and then was consistently there for the next year and a half, two years. Uh, I was thinking of the word dyslexia, dyslexia. And even I. <laughs> it's so, so it, funny because I remember the 2019 season. Like it really felt like yesterday when they made that trade. But then you go back and you realize, holy shit, it's been almost four years. <laughs> yeah, man, time flies. Time definitely flies. I mean, hell, it's been four years since we started the show, as we uh, alluded to yeah. earlier in the season. Uh, but yeah, the the trade was uh, what was it? Let me see if I can remember. It was uh, you were trying to give me Luis Robert and Austin Martin, and I had to give up Jared Kalenic and Nick Senzel and. You uh, the way I saw it is like well you're gonna give me the finished product and Luis Robert over the project Derek Klenick and I and all I have to do is give up him and Nixon Zell and I get the most quote unquote most ready bat of the draft. All right, fine, you suckered me into it. Sure, why not? Let's go ahead and do it. And hasn't really been, worked out for either of us. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'll take Luis Robert over any of those guys any day yeah, of the week. Sure, but I, he when he's played. <laughs> yeah, when he plays, when he plays. Uh, hopefully this is a healthy year uh, for him finally. But when he does play, I mean, I still say that he should have won Rookie of the Year in 2020 over Kyle Lewis. Now, Kyle Lewis can't stay healthy, and he hasn't been productive when he's healthy anyway. So, yeah. uh, And Nick Senzel, it's a guy I'm never going to give up on. Like I said, everybody liked him, including myself. I just, I don't know what was missing. But he's still going to get another chance with – he's still with the Reds, right? I think he was still with the Reds when I was doing the research this season. Where uh, did he get traded finally? I want to say he was moved for Nick Solak, and he went to Texas, I believe. Oh, snap. Well, uh, that I, makes things interesting. I want to say – let me – But now Solak is with the Mariners, right? Because uh, he got traded recently. Okay, no, no. He, he, Senzel's still with the Reds. Uh, yes. Nick, Nick Solak just became a Red as well. 
Senzel, former first-round pick, number two pick overall. So another reason why don't, don't give up on him just yet. Uh, last year, decent walk rate, decent strikeout rate, but everything else was just putrid. So he has a batting eye for it. We'll give him that much. Oh, so the Mariners did trade uh, Nick Solak from yep, I just uh, said. the Reds. He's with the AAA <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I know he was with the Reds. <laughs> Yeah, he got stuck. He's not with the AAA affiliate. He'll start with the Tacoma Rainmakers or whatever their team Ra- is. Rainiers. Uh, Rainiers. Rainier Wolfcastle. Yes. That was Because I, I do remember when, when Nick Solak got uh, traded or DFA'd and then traded. Um, I was like, okay, has anyone ever seen Nick Solak and Nick Senzel in the same room? Like, because <laughs> I feel like they could be the same person. Like, I think you're onto something. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm convinced of that. All right, next, uh, 20, what, 17, high A. Yes. You got the hitter, and again, you gave me a big list of big names, but you're gonna you, go with you. You you go pitchers first. I, I want to talk to the pitchers first, so you start. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, this list. I'll be honest. This list was not impressive, but the one thing that kind of stuck out for me, uh, uh, what I say, there were seven finalists. A lot of no names on that list, but the one name that stuck out was Tristan McKenzie, who I think at this point, I, even I would have known, I would have found out about Tristan McKenzie just because he was on prospect list and all that, so he would have gotten the edge. But McKenzie. Um, even though the uh, sexy numbers like the FIP and the XFIPs, he was on the lower, uh, on the uh, low, lowly ranked in those categories. Uh, McKenzie pitched in 143 innings that year, the had the highest strikeout rate of any of all those guys in the seven finalists, and he was doing this at the age of 19 and I uh, in a ball, and that was he was the youngest guy on my list. So I, I'm going with Tristan McKenzie in 2017 high, in high A ball. And uh, yeah, I, and those other guys on the list, I don't think they amounted to anything because I've never heard of those other guys. Oh, you, oh, if you go and you look at it by the most or by qualified pitchers in 2017 and high A that year, and sort of by the strikeout rate, the top five have all made the majors. Nice. And the top four are all currently in the majors. And the one name that stuck out to me so much because everyone's like, oh, this guy came out of nowhere. Uh, who is this guy? Uh, this was Texas Ranger farmhand Jeffrey Springs, hey. who would later be moved to Tampa, where he has had a complete just breakout. And that year, he had very equal numbers to Tristan McKenzie, who was the top prospect. So once again, like the guy that was overlooked, uh, possibly unfairly, uh, he was 24 in high A ball. That's always like a kind of a red flag, but... Um, yeah, Jeffrey Springs. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting name because I was like, I remember when he came up, like he wasn't very good. He had that one, like I think the pandemic year in Boston and then he went to Tampa. And the last two years for Tampa, he's just been, I mean, really good. And, How old was uh, he? He was tw- would have been 24 in 2017 oh, in yeah. A-ball. Yeah, he uh, definitely so, would have missed my cutoff point. Yeah, yeah and uh, then the other two were Caleb Ferguson and Dane Dunning, both major league pitchers. But yeah, Jeffrey Springs was the really fun name. I, I when I saw him there, I was like, "Oh wow!" Like he was good in the minors, and it just uh, never worked out. He was relief pitcher in Texas and in Boston, and uh, even his first year in Tampa was out of the bullpen, uh, and then he kind of became the the swing guy, the quintessential follower uh, mm-hmm. for the Rays. Uh, had a two and a half ERA last year, three win season, and uh, signed a nice little healthy extension, I believe. Yeah, four years, $31 million contract for 30-year-old pitcher Jeffrey Springs. Um, 
thought that was a fun story when he popped up on the list. I was like, ah, that's oh, because I was looking at him even for the ones that you were going to pick, and I wanted to see what the list looked like. So, so uh, for the ages, uh, there is a cutoff for me. Uh, yeah, 25 or younger for AAA, 24 or younger for AA, 23 or younger for high A, 22 or younger for A ball, and 21 or younger oh. in rookie league. So that's you're, the way I do you're, it. You're ageist. You're ageist. <laughs> I mean, if you're 27 years old in AAA, what the hell? I mean, yeah. Hey, Jacob DeGrom was 26 years old in AAA. I guess I would have missed that on him. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, no. But I, I found some. I, I was able to find Spencer Strider just fine. That's fine. Uh, your hitter. Uh, well, before I'll just mention your honorable mentors, Randy Arozarena, who's now Mr. Mexico, yeah. and Garrett Hampson, who I remember fondly as well, coming up the Rockies farm system back in the day. So, but you are going with Pete Alonso. Yes, I want to make sure I have the right list in front of me. Um, because for some reason, I am not seeing Alonso on my list, uh, which shouldn't be right. Um, 2017 high a, right uh what i say 2017, yeah, yeah, 2017. high a ball, yeah. i don't know what i did maybe he didn't qualify right here let me bring it down to 250 at bats like oh so i don't feel so bad well no yeah no there's like some of them because i realized that like if they get promoted like halfway through sometimes they don't always qualify or if they got called up late in the season they don't always qualify at that level yeah that's um, why i dropped it to a lower level i think i'm yeah yeah Pete, one of the Pete Alonso here uh 150 seven wrc plus ranked seventh in the a ball level there some interesting names in front of him michael chavis uh, mm-hmm. he was big time prospect brandon lau shed long jr uh really liked shed long jr coming up in the cincy and it just hasn't worked out uh, austin hayes and eloy jimenez and then a guy who i've literally never heard of jordan george I was like, who the hell is Jordan George no uh, with all of these like legit MLB names? Uh, but Pete Alonso came up. Randy Rosarena was the guy that I kind of picked as the, okay, maybe I should have known who he was a little bit sooner. Um, but definitely I probably would have been out on him because of the 4.4% walk rate. Uh, yeah. Not like we know, not my favorite style of hitter, but even but Pete Alonso having uh, that 157 WRC plus and by far the lowest BABIP of the group at 314 made me think, okay, it's not too noisy. Uh, he wasn't as walking as much, 7.2% walk rate, but at a sub 20% strikeout rate, which for a big power hitting first baseman, you always like. Mm-hmm. And um, especially compared to, you know, the uh, Michael Chavis, who at a ball high A already had a 23% strikeout rate and Shed Long Jr. who already had a 23% strikeout rate. So you can kind of see why these guys, by the time they reached the majors, like the strikeouts were a problem. Brandon Lau, uh, Eloy Jimenez, Pete Alonso were all sub 20, 18, 17%. Um, and it did rise up a little bit, but we've seen both of them, Pete Alonso especially, uh, he's in the major leagues now striking out like 18, 19% of the time. So, um, uh, it's not always linear. Sometimes it rises. Sometimes it comes back down. But if it's already starting high and high A, uh, get worried. <laughs> and a lot of the names you mentioned, there will be a lot of crossover between that and uh, what do you call it? The following the, year. The following year, yeah. yeah. A lot of those name, same names show up in 2018, which we move on. Up and I'm confused here. You got Dylan Cease slash Frember Valdez. Pick one and only one for me. Huh? So oh, okay. So, so Dylan Cease would have been the one. Wait. Yeah, because you did your pitcher. So Dylan Cease would have been the one that was all over the um, 
pitching prospect list or all just the pitching prospect or prospect list. Oh my gosh. Say that five times fast. Uh-huh. But <laughs> Framber Valdez was the one, if I can get my list re-situated here. So in terms of strikeout rate, um, maybe I got to drop the innings again to make sure freaking Dylan Cease is there. I just want to <laughs> add that, remember, no two searches are alike. Now, I don't feel yeah. so bad because I thought maybe I was doing something bad with my methodology. But apparently Sean also has fallen trap of, I cannot duplicate the searches and the filtering that I've done in the past. So every search is unique, apparently. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, especially when you're doing it quickly, trying to remember where everything was. Uh-huh. But it was, um, where are you, Dylan Cease? I had this all up on my phone last night and I had, I saved the tabs yeah. and then I closed them all out, but it was Same. like in the top two, maybe in strike out the walk. No, but I had both of those guys back to back. It was, um, cease and uh, Valdez and Valdez had like a four ERA and cease had like a one and a half, but they were both striking out a lot of guys. And I thought it was a, once again, a really cool juxtaposition of the guy with the elite stuff that's on all of the lists. And then the guy that maybe uh, we're overlooking a little bit here. Um, I'm trying to but think of why he wanted to show up on my list now. But you're still going with Dylan Cease, though, right? As your guy, number one guy? Valdez. Oh, you're going for Val Valdez. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Valdez would have been the guy that uh, he wasn't walking as many guys. And uh, even though the ERA was high, he had like the 67%, like the silly ground ball rate that we know Valdez to be. And at that level, it was like a high bat up as well, I think. Well, in 2018, I'm going with the hitters. Uh, I, I went with an obvious name, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And like, oh, Felipe, you're being a hypocrite. You're 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 dissing the oh. the, the prospect grades. Go I ahead, was on the something. I was on the wrong year. I was on 2017. <laughs> oh, you're still so that, see. One, yeah, uh, that's the thing that I found out. Like once you you're 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 deep into these uh, into these filters, you forget one little filter, and it messes up everything else for you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, at any D- rate, Dylan sees 38.6 percent strikeout rate was just absolutely bonkers 172 era um mercy yeah. well for me it would have been vlad guerrero now you're gonna you're probably saying felipe you're a hypocrite you're dissing the uh you're, you're poo-pooing the prospect list and you're poo-pooing the grades and you're doing this and you're not respecting the list but here you are putting vladimir guerrero jr at the top of your 2018 list that's not original that's not a sneaky name what the hell are you doing <laughs> I, i'll be honest though when i found out about vladimir guerrero jr and i read up on him and I saw the lofty expectations. I was all in. I, he was basically Grayson Rodriguez of that uh, when he was getting uh, moving up uh, the minor league systems there with the Blue Jays. And in this case, the way I see it, Sean, the 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 hype is, was at that point justified because the numbers match the hype, the statistics, mm-hmm. the substance. Uh, matched uh, all the uh, noise, as you would say, all the noise that was out there. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. In double A, and remember, double A is where all the big name prospects name a name for themselves before they get either called up to the triple A league or even the major. Sometimes, like that, I don't it, know. it is often agreed upon that the jump to double A, especially for position players, is that is the make it or break it level uh, yeah. in terms of uh, the largest leap in uh, competition. 
is to double A. Because once you get to double A, everyone's been there, done that. They they are they have four years of college and a year and a half or two years of minor league ball underneath them, or they've been in a major league system for you know six years. So or five years, four years. Um, and, and ask the Braves. They're they're all for it, man. Michael Harris the second came up from double A immediately, and so did Vaughn Grisham last year. So this could be it. Uh, you never know, right? You never know. Just because someone's in double A doesn't mean that they're never going to get called up to the majors anytime soon. So, uh, all right. So among the eight finalists, when I was doing the filters, it was guys like Nate Lowe, Pete Alonzo. I told you there was going to be crossover here. <laughs> and Aloy Jimenez and also Brandon Lau. That's like the third or fourth time we mentioned Brandon Lau on wow. this podcast. He, so. he was a stud in the minor leagues. Yeah. And it, and it was like him and Nate Lowe coming up. I think there there was a little bit of overlap with them as well in double a where Montgomery just kind of mashed everybody. So, and of <laughs> course like, it, was, it was, it was low and low on the same team. So we made it nice uh, and confusing. And just to go Montgomery, you mean the biscuits, Montgomery yes, biscuits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you were talking about Jordan Montgomery, Mike Montgomery, <laughs> Mark Montgomery, Jeff Montgomery. Um, so Vladimir Guerrero had a two Oh three WRC plus. And I think that the thing that stuck out to me and why I picked Guerrero over those other uh, established names he was doing this at the age of 19 years old. So again, that's the second time where I look at a teenager dominating. Tristan McKenzie was the first guy. Now Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the second guy on this list dominating uh, the league. As I mean, for lack of a better. I mean, yeah, two or three WRC plus, you're dominating. You're you're doing, what is that, uh, 100 times better than the league average hitter. And mm-hmm. right, is that how it works? Yes. So there you go, Vlad Guerrero Jr. And uh, now he's on my baseball life league and I couldn't be happier, although... I definitely need to see some some gaudy numbers this year if I'm going to win a championship. <laughs> Is he going to be one of those players where it's like the every other year? But like, his, shut it, up, we like don't do the, that here. The every other year, like it's not a bad year, but it's like not. It's above average MVP, above average MVP. <laughs> oh my god, what is he, Paul Canerco? That would that would be so frustrating as a like owner and a fan. Like, oh, I, that would make me go crazy. Well, this is my final our final year uh, doing keepers, so it's, it's all or nothing now. Let's go to AAA, and this is where we're going to finish our minor league stop in 2019, AAA, and I see you got Nathan Lowe, Nathaniel Lowe. Yes. Like I said, we've already talked about him like numerous times throughout this episode, just like Brandon Lau, but uh, why Nate Lowe at AAA, not, uh, not earlier? You see, I thought this was the interesting, well, I, I don't think the way that we had it alternating back and forth, I didn't see him on any of my other list. Interesting. Um, I saw him a but lot. I also, uh, this was the last year um, that it was like a full season in the minors. I want to say he got called up at the end of 2019 and he did put in a good performance. Uh, but I also think that what he did in 2019 and of course in the COVID year in 20, um, that kind of maybe gave uh, Tampa a little bit of pause and why they might have been willing to trade him. But it's just so crazy when you look at these numbers from that year. 17, almost 18% walk rate, 20% strikeout rate, uh, 929 OPS, OBP over 420. Uh, the BABIP was believable at like a 340 after batting 290 compared to some of these that are like 382 or 428 for 30-year-old David Fritas, who had a 154 WRC plus in 2019. So it's kind of – I ignored those. But yeah, Nathaniel Lowe, and he, if I remember correctly, in 2019, he actually hit lefties very well. And then in, he got called up to the majors 
and I think did okay. And then 2020, he just couldn't touch a lefty. And then mm. they traded him, and they got yeah. back the, the young catching prospect. And, of course, there were more pieces to that trade behind the scenes. Of course, uh, they were expecting big things from Yandy Diaz and mm. other players of that like. So they felt Nathaniel Lowe was expendable. Um, and obviously, I think if Tampa could have that one back, they probably would. Yeah, because now – they're scrambling for first baseman. They weren't having any. I mean, they they still they have a, a bunch, and then Kyle Manzardo, top prospect in their system. Yeah, but now they got to start over with another prospect when Nate Lowe was right there, right there for them. But yeah. you know, first base, you know how it is. These analytics are ruining everything. That first base is not as valued as it used to be before, as we found out this morning from Rob Manfred. Right. So that was a six-player trade. That was all. That were a lot of moving pieces there. Well, might as well. Who were the players? Let's go. Um, the Rays got back with Selvis Basabe. And Heriberto Hernandez, those were the two like big prospects. Oof. I think they might have been both top 100. Uh, Heriberto was like a top 100 catcher, so you don't have many of those usually. But his catching days are already done, just because uh, it's uh, he and he, yeah, he flamed out Heriberto if I remember correctly. So, wow. All right, when we're gonna finish with this one? Obviously, you know. Not not a sneaky name, not it's someone that you guys have never heard of before, but my pitcher, and let me tell you, this list of the 10 finalists included guys like Chris Flexen, Dylan Cease, again, crossover, Mitch Keller, we know who Mitch Keller is, and John Schreiber. Why did John, John Schreiber show up here? Because I had dropped it down to 50 innings pitch because I felt a little... Um, How old would he I have been at that reason. level? Well, I feel like 25. John Schreiber's old. 25 or younger for me. Okay, or I don't know. Maybe I forgot to, like we've talked about, maybe I forgot to add the filter that I'm supposed to, <laughs> but uh, let's see, John Schreiber, just to double check, you know, he, actually he got called up in 2019. So, but yeah, he's 29 years old now. So what in 2019, March 5th is his birthday. So he would have been, if I could do math, yeah, 25 years old. He just made the cut. Well, at least made my cut. 25 years or younger at AAA for me for me to consider you. And I think I dropped it down to 50 innings pitch because I was feeling um extra salty. No, no, what's the I was feeling myself. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's see what we can find here. I was I was feeling adventurous, is what I'm trying to say. But Zach Gallen uh ended up being the creme de la creme of the 10 finalists. He led the he led those 10 starting or not starting, sorry, those 10 pitchers in walk per strikeout ratio, strikeout percentage, the whip. ERA and batting average against. Well, that um, is the thing that I'm thinking of. You did say you dropped it to 50 innings, something like that, or maybe because he he got area. promoted in 2019. He was oh, on the Gallen? major league. Yes, he was on the major league roster. I think by May or even June, because mm-hmm. uh, that was the same year that he would then be flipped to Arizona for Jazz Chisholm. Interesting. Yeah, because he very interesting. He had a really like insanely hot start in the minors. They called him up, had two really good months, and then got traded. Because that was well, the one I remember when the the uh, the Miami scout came to see Jazz Chisholm play in Montgomery, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, we we feel like we have a lot of pitching that we can deal from." And I was like, "This trade, I'm like just thinking over in my head." I was like, "Neither of these teams like it, it doesn't make sense." <laughs> and uh, like Arizona to be trading their what was one of their top prospects at the time. I'm like, why would they do that? And then when the trade happened, I was like, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a reason why I decided to drop it down, right? Because like I kind of thought it was going to be Sandy Alcantara, honestly. Well, like, we, when, we... They, when they kept talking about it, I thought Alcantara was going to be the move there. <laughs> well, I dropped it down because I realized, you know, 
it makes sense. If you and I are doing these shows, we're probably the first, usually the first episode for the minor league spotlight would have been around what May or June of the year. Yeah. So Zach Gallen months. Yeah. Give these guys a 60 days to kind of establish themselves. And then we kind of spotlight to see which of these players we like so far in the season. So Zach Gallen definitely would have appeared, but if we're going to do it at the end of the year, then yeah, then he's not going to appear and we would have missed out. But then you got, the backup would have been like what Dylan sees Mitch Keller, John Schreiber. That's not a bad list to be a part of there. So, so yeah, uh, all this to say that what we learned is, yeah, the prospect rates are nice. The prospect lists are okay. Um, I think the problem is that too many people for, for me, the problem is that they, too many people use it as Bible. Oh, well, this is a 10th prospect. What the hell are they doing? Christian Pache, that's the number one. And Shay Langelier is number two best prospect for the Braves. Their their farm system is depleted. They're ruining their their, their, their future. And they're trading away. And <laughs> you're getting future. mad. Olsen is already 30 years old. What about the children? What are you doing? <laughs> what about the children? And what? What do the Braves do? Yeah, we got a guy named Michael Harris, the second who's better. And we got a Vaughn Grisham who's also good. We'll be fine. And then our catchers. Well, we're just going to go next year. We're going to get Bry Sean Murphy away. But in the meantime, we still got a Travis Darnot. And our bullpen is killer. And suddenly our starting pitchers are just coming out of the woodwork. Uh, and, you know, guys that everybody gave up on are finally doing well. And we got a Spencer Strider. So, no, we're doing fine. We're getting rid of the guys that we don't want. We're suckering people into believing that these prospects are higher, uh, better than they should be. And the joke's on everybody else because we're still the Braves and we're we're making baseball 1990s again. So there you go. Uh, so that's what I learned. And as we're talking, Sean, I'm trying to see what what would have been the final numbers for AAA in terms of finding those prospects, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm a little distracted. But while I we try to finish up the show today, any last thoughts from you about this subject matter? Uh, prospects, prospects, prox- prospects, prospects, prospects. They uh, will tear at your heart tearing out your heart well not just that but they will they will blind you i mean we we yeah. see it all the time like what are you doing trading our future away why like the padres and the uh, nationals from last year right you traded away five young guys and now you're the padres have nobody in the farm system yeah this is the same padres team that started a 16 year old in spring training now you would say that well the reason they had to do that was because they depleted their farm system i would no, say they wow really that like is them. a deep system <laughs> that is a deep system where it's, they can it's, get not, a, it's not it's not a deep system <laughs> well, that's not, well hold on that's not what well, I meant they really say. like them they really that, like that's them. what i meant to say is like wow they like this guy so much that they're gonna give a 16 year old who probably doesn't even have a driver's license yet to start a catcher and not a steep system no that's the wrong thing because i've seen their farm system this past season it, it's pretty it's not, brutal not, not great bob <laughs> but uh, uh, they do have a couple of guys who are teenagers who are in the lower levels of the system that are coming up and there are intriguing names. There's a guy that kind of escapes me, but we'll probably bring him up later on in the year. I'm pretty sure his name's going to show up. So, but, and then it, most importantly, Sean, they got Juan Soto out of the deal, right? Yeah. And, and Josh Bell for as a rental, but still Juan Soto. It's Juan Soto. The, I, I think the concern with fans there is if you don't sign Soto. I mean, that you still got two and a half years of Soto, but if you don't sign them uh granted i i've been saying this for like a year now but i i could see san diego this breaks bad and it just soto gets dealt hater gets dealt uh everyone but like basically machado bogarts and whoever i guess cronenworth now uh tatis dealt i and i could just see him just completely stocking the farm again well i'm the, this is aj preller he's done this before he's yeah 
blown up his farm to bring in the pieces, and then he blew it up to bring pieces back in. So this is kind of the mo. So just calm down, see what he does, see what happens. Yeah, and 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 that goes with any team, like any team who fall who fawns over their prospects. Like we've seen Yankee fans, oh, you can't trade away these prospects. You can't do it. All right, well then have fun finishing second and third place every year then to the Houston Astros as you see your your newfound rival. Well, even though your old rival, the Boston Red Sox, have won more championships. Why? Because they take more risks. Let's just call it for what it is, right? I mean, that was also uh what's his name? Uh how did Dombrowski Dombrowski won him a World Series, yes. But what did it cost to get there? I mean, he just obliterated. Nothing. Yeah, it, no, it all, he obliterated their nope. farm system. He Doesn't obliterated matter. it. Flags, obliterated it. Flags fly forever. There we, are we, teams <laughs> looking at the Miami Marlins, wondering how the hell they got two championships, and we got nothing. Texas Rangers, <laughs> San Diego Padres. That's what it's all about, man. At the end of the day, the flags fly forever. You get to display those hey, championships and those I, trophy cases. That this could be the to, year for Texas. This could be the year. To, I, you know, I, 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 I might be jumping the the horse here, proverbial, proverbial horse. But hey, you know what? The they are the blowing Texas out are? Philly. They are blowing them out. You know what the problem with Texas is, though? What? They have a Houston problem. Houston, they have a problem. It's the Astros. Ah. <laughs> Astros are taking it to a very surprisingly good White Sox team that's uh, putting up some fight uh, against them, but they're still finding ways to beat them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Houston. I mean, it's, (laughs) that's what I mean. That's the problem. That is a problem. Anyway, last batch of prospects. So this would have been, I'm sharing my screen, Sean, can you see my screen yet? No, no. Okay. Oops. There we go. Share the screen. So last one of the, of the night batters. I dropped it down to 240 and he's uh, played appearances. Sorry. I think I could even go lower if I really want to get cute here, but well, 240 is still a good number. 2022, AAA, all affiliated teams, right? Some of these guys are ranked uh, and prospect lists. Other guys are not, or at least not as highly ranked. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, these are still a who's who of prospects and prospects that we've talked about numerous times. Let me make this bigger. And there's Will Benson. We talked about him already as someone that for the Guardians to look out for. Again, sorry, I forgot to mention these are the filters. Have to be below age 25. Strike a percentage less than 25%. Walk rate above 8%. Woba above 375. And swinging strike percentage below 10%. Just to narrow down the list from 400 people to seven. Right? Again, this is how the turkey is cut. This is how the sausage is made. If you guys ever wonder how we are able to find minor league players, this is how we do it. Will Benson, he's pretty damn good, right? We agree. Yeah, he's really struggled when he got called up. He's got kind of the loopy swing. The best thing going for him right now is he seems to have an every seemingly everyday job in Cincinnati, uh, where Cleveland. He, yeah, no, no, Cincinnati. He got traded. Yes. Oh, when did he get traded? Uh, off season. What? Uh, Cleveland has a glut in the outfield. We know this. Will I know that. Will Brennan, Oscar Gonzalez, Miles Straw, Stephen Kwan. Too many mouths. Not enough food to go around. Will Benson was the fat that got cut off. Um, wow, I missed that. I thought he was still with the Guardians this whole no, time. No, yeah, yeah. He's got an everyday job, open uh, opening day lineup roster for Cincinnati, where hopefully that power kind of plays up a little bit. Uh, it's just a, there's a, a slight swing and miss thing there that he corrected before in the minor leagues where it kind of spiked up and he brought it back down. Wait, um, wait, Sean, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but the, the problem I have here, I see, the, I see the headline now. Will Benson to the Reds for outf- outfielder Justin Boyd. They're both outfielders. So, so it's Justin Boyd younger than? Is that what it is? It has to be, I, right? I don't know. I, that, Who the hell is Justin Boyd? Yeah, never heard of Justin Boyd. But they're both outfielders. That's my problem here. Like is it traded- normal spelling of Boyd? Justin Boyd, yeah. I'm looking it up as well. Yeah. Uh, to the Famagrass machine. 22 years old. 
Uh, was an A ball last year. Did not hit a home run. What in the world? <laughs> um, wow, so, the, okay. the Guardians. He was uh, wow. the 73rd overall pick in the draft. So, okay. They had to wait until uh, to make it official, I guess, till the offseason. Wow. Because he was Holy a competitive round balance, balance pick. Crap. Yeah, Will Benson was traded. Wow. Wow. Guardians. All right. Well, you know, we're not going to question the Guardians too much. Uh, they have been known to have a steady supply of of minor leaguers and do a good job in their farm system. But wow, that is. Uh, yeah, the, the big thing with them and moving on from Benson was if you look at him prior to 2022, his strikeout percent never dipped below like 29, 30 percent. It was almost always in the 30s. And then in 2022, he did cut it down to 22, 23%. Uh, but when he got called up to the big leagues, it was right back at 30%. So um, I, I think they were maybe thinking it's a sell high situation for them. Interesting. Well, I would still hang my hat on the fact that he had a very productive uh, 2022. Oh, he was, AAA. he was insanely good. Yeah, so let's. I'm gonna go with that for now, and I'm gonna keep an eye on him. Matt Mervis is someone that the mm. Cub fans have been clamoring about in the last year or so. Kind of a late bloomer already at the age of. Uh, I don't think he was much, you know, applauded or yeah. or you know hyped up. And then last year he kind of had a monster year. And well, it was like the funny thing with him was like in some of the the high stakes leagues that were drafting like early and like November December. Matt Ver- Matt Mervis had like a like really high ADP, uh, like like two top two hundred top or not two two hundred maybe somewhere in the two hundreds. And then like he went to the Arizona Fall League, didn't do well or something like that. And then he got spring training, terrible. And then he got to the point where. In February and March, he just wasn't being drafted. And I'm like, don't you people feel stupid? Because <laughs> it was like the hype machine for Matt yeah, Mervis was yeah. just like going off the rails. And people were like, what is going on? Well, at any rate, Matt Mervis is definitely a guy you want to keep an eye on, uh, especially for a corner infield. Uh, if Especially if you uh, kind of waited too long to get your corner infielders in, uh, Matt Mervis might be the guy who could save your season later on. We go next to a guy that you were. We, we talked about him last year in May. I mean, this S- is the guy that was S-Story our first Ruiz. like minor league update because he already right. yep. he already had like thirty stolen bases by that point or something crazy. And, and that guy is Estior Ruiz. Uh, it, it doesn't show here because I'm on the advanced stats, but four point six weighted stolen bases. Yeah, that's the highest on this list. He, he ended up reasons. stealing, I think, eighty or seventy. That sounds about right. So that's one guy, Jonathan Aranda. I know you mentioned uh, uh, the other prospect for the Rays. What's his name? Oh, Kyle Manzardo. You mentioned him already. Well, Jonathan Aranda, who I think he played for Team Mexico. Yes, yes. Yeah, right. And and a little bit more versatility there compared to Manzardo, who's like the dedicated first baseman. Aranda playing some first base, second base, third base. Yeah, um, I think I think Eno Saras talked about it. How he interviewed him, and he said, "Yeah, they told me to bring my third base glove." Like, what? You're gonna play third base too? Yeah, I think the plan is Yandy's gonna be the first baseman for yep. the majority of the year, and then third base they're gonna try and figure out between um, Jonathan Aranda and Isaac Paredes. So that that could just be a straight platoon, but right, who knows? Uh, Miguel Vargas, uh, he of the infamous, I'm only looking at pitches. I'm not really swinging at pitches, but still he has been a decorated a prospect for the Dodgers for a couple of years now. So he shows up at the end of the year as one of the guys to keep an eye on. You know the Any vibes guy? I get from Miguel Vargas, especially now that he's playing second base? What? Jonathan India. Or Max Muncy? 
No, no, Jonathan okay. India. Jonathan India. I do like Jonathan India. He he's had a he had a hell of a game yesterday. I don't know if he, if if what overall numbers look. I know he had a hell of a game the other day yesterday against the uh, the Pirates. I believe. I think he had a home run too. Vinny uh, Pass. What I said, erg. <laughs> erg. Vinny Pasquantino. Uh, that's a guy we talk about a lot, and he was a finalist as someone that tore up AAA last year and met up all of my qualifications in terms of the batting eye as well. Josh H. Smith, catcher, right? No, catcher? Uh, what is he? utility, left handed hitting, a little bit of power speed, more speed over power. Uh, seems to be playing some outfield with some injuries there in Texas. Um, with uh, Leo Tavares starting the year on the IL, they have like a combination of I think Bubba Thompson, Robbie Grossman, and I'm forgetting a name. Oh, oh, Adolis Garcia, Adolis Garcia. Okay. So Adolis has basically slid over to center field. Uh, Robbie Grossman has been playing, I believe, right, and Josh Smith has been playing left. Yeah, I know I saw his name uh, show up last year, but I didn't. I didn't uh, yeah. filter it by WRC plus, but he I went got ahead. promoted and didn't play that well. Like on the surface, mm. batted one ninety seven, but in seventy three games, only had the two home runs. I forgot how many plate appearances he got, but eleven percent walk rate, uh, sub twenty percent strikeout rate. Like it seemed like the approach was there. It's just uh, a matter of the quality of contact at that point. And really quick, I try, I went ahead and dropped it to 90 plate appearances just for giggles. And there's Kerry Carpenter. We know who he is, but I'm not, you know, excited to talk about him anyway. Jake McCarthy, that I think that's how I got him, and that's why I don't see him anywhere. He must have only gotten very minimal at bats at AAA before the Diamondbacks yeah, decided to call him up. Let me, let me see here. Uh, oh, 165 plate appearances. Wow, Okay. I thought I thought he played more than that last year at AAA, but I guess no, not. No, no. He, he he was on the bench a lot too till like the end of the year. Like he was like their fourth outfielder. No, I'm talking about AAA at plate appearances, not not Diamondbacks. I mean that's. I, I mean, uh, oh, well, 165. Right, yeah. That's what, like two months, like the first two months. Like he didn't wow. break camp with the team. I know that much. I mean, but... maybe like got called up in June. I'm sure I could find his. I know back. when I did this exercise last year, his name showed up a lot, and that's when I decided, you know, I gotta add this guy. I gotta add this guy. At least protect him in minor league slots. He might be a something. And uh, he won me a championship at least in the podcast league because of all the stolen bases. So there you go. Uh, Sal Freelig is a guy. You know, uh, his teammate got called up. Uh, Joey Weimer. But Sal Freelick is also a highly touted pass for the Brewers, so he had a good AAA last year, so keep it really on him. like Sal Freelick. Taron Vavra got called up, and we talked about him on an isolated podcast, so yep. Jonathan Aranda, we already talked about. Akil Badu, bounce-back candidate, maybe? No. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Corbin Carroll, that was your guy last year that showed up on the list, so Corbin Carroll, keep an eye on him. As well as Alec, Tom- Alec Thomas, basically, if you're, a, if you're a Diamondbacks outfielder, keep an eye on yourself, right? <laughs> uh, Tyler Nevin, is that Phil's uh, kid or something? Phil Nevin's kid? I they might be related. I don't know. Anyway, that's a good place to stop. And as you can see, don't just trust the prospect rankings. Do your homework. Do your research. Let that simmer for a little bit. Do your own research. Yes, yes, that is that is Phil Nevins. Fangraphs provides a wonderful um, a wonderful tool for you to use in when you're searching for minor league players. It, it obviously works better when you're looking for hitters. It's a little, it gets a little complicated when you're looking for pitchers, but it's it's doable. It's possible. We were able to find a bunch of good names, and uh, at that at this point, good luck for the upcoming season, Sean, and everybody else. And we will see you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, adios, guys.